1938, the superhero comic was born. Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster in Action Comics number one created Superman. At that time, he didn't have all the abilities he has now. He couldn't even fly, although he could leap a tall building at a single bound. Since then, comics have boomed. They've lived through generations, through wars, and are now being turned into blockbuster after blockbuster. These stories, like all the stories we tell, speak to what we as humans believe about life, about what it means to be human, to endure pain, to be an outcast, to be a hero. They tell us about love, about racism, about laughter, about goodness. And they tell us about evil. Hello and welcome to the Don't Be Stupid podcast. This episode is brought to you by Stokeshed. Stokeshed is a music and audio production house. Bobby Ross of Stokeshed has over 10 years of experience in the music industry and has done projects like the Foundation's Church Podcast, The God Project, the Fairweather's debut album, Untie My Tongue, and a lot more, including this podcast. He does great work and couldn't be a cooler guy. Uh, so head over to stokeshed.com to request a quote and be sure to mention Don't Be Stupid when you do. And if you like what you hear on Don't Be Stupid, uh, head over to iTunes and leave a review. We would really appreciate it, and it helps other people discover the podcast as well. Now, let's get into the show. Superman was the first superhero. Introduced in 1938, shortly after him, just shy of one year later, the second was introduced. The Batman. The creation of artist Bob Kane and writer Bill Finger. Batman was a darker hero, born from a more troubled past. He had no powers, but by sheer force of will became the Dark Knight, the caped crusader, the world's greatest detective. Batman lives and fights crime in Gotham City, arguably the most crime-ridden city in America. And out of that city comes some of the most terrifying villains, albeit with some weird names. <laughs> villains like Scarecrow, Two-Face, Bane, Penguin, and Killer Croc are brutal adversaries. But the most famous and most terrifying of all is the Joker. The Joker was introduced very early on in the Batman comics, and although originally designed to be killed off in the first appearance, was spared by editorial intervention and has endured as Batman's arch enemy ever since. The Joker's comic backstory is muddled. He doesn't really have a definitive, or definitive origin, which arguably makes him even more terrifying. What he is, though, is the perfect nemesis to the Batman. Batman is brilliant and powerful. He longs for justice and does everything in his power to make that justice a reality. The Joker is his perfect foil. He matches Batman in wit and pushes for chaos in the same way Batman does justice. And this, this connection to Batman goes beyond just being a citizen of Gotham. The Joker's whole goal, while being the creation of chaos, is more focused on the creation of chaos for Batman specifically. His connection to Gotham City is only there because of his connection to the Dark Knight. He never actually wants to kill him because to kill him would be to take away that which gives him purpose. The Joker, although popping up every once in a while in another hero's story, doesn't make sense without Batman. He's not just a counterpart to Batman. He is the counterpart. He's not only his opposite, but in many ways, is Batman gone awry? Have you ever imagined what it might be like if lying was good and truth-telling wrong? <laughs> Go with me for a second. Um, once you begin to imagine it, you immediately see the problem. 
the only way that would work be to would be to switch around everything a person said in your mind after they said it to immediately turn the lie into a truth because falsehood can't be acted on it would be impossible to operate on it because falsehood is the negation of reality you see good is not just good because god decided on it good is good because that's the way the universe works and the universe works that way because it reflects the nature of god its creator Reality itself relies on truth. While truth can exist without falsehood, falsehood can't exist without truth. And not just lying, but all evils are this way. They're the perversion of a good, not a thing in themselves. Murder is the taking of life. Adultery, the breaking of marriage. In the last episode, short I did, I talked about aliens. And in that episode, I referenced C.S. Lewis's space trilogy. And I'm going to do that again. <laughs> you really should read them. Uh, there's a reason I reference them so much. In the second book, Paralandra, Lewis tells the story of Ransom, a language professor who goes to the planet Paralandra, which we would call Venus, and attempts to convince Tenadril, that planet's Eve, to not commit that first sin. The story is a battle between a man named Weston, who is possessed by Satan, and Ransom, God's messenger. Weston attempting to get Tenadril to disobey God and Ransom arguing the other side. Weston begins to make the ar argument that God actually wants her to disobey this particular command because discerning and doing this will show him that she is truly wise and powerful and able to act on her own. Tenadril responds by saying this, I begin to wonder whether you are so much older than I. Surely what you're saying is like fruit with no taste. How can I step out of his will, save into something that cannot be wished? Shall I start trying not to love him or the king or the beasts? It would be like trying to walk on water or swim through islands. Shall I try not to sleep or to drink or to laugh? I thought your words had a meaning, but now it seems they have none. To walk out of his will is to walk into nowhere to walk out of his will is to walk into nowhere. This is the will of God, goodness. Goodness is the only true existence. To walk out of it is to walk into nowhere. This is why in the first of the space trilogy, first uh, uh, book, I guess, uh, out of the silent planet, Ransom, not being able to come up with a word to communicate evil to the creatures on the planet he was visiting, he uses the word bent instead. Satan, the original evil, is called the bent one. Bent. <laughs> bent is the perfect word. You know something is bent because it's not straight, and it communicates the idea that things are not as they should be, and the idea that there is a should. Evil only exists in a world of purpose. Without purpose, without good, there is no evil. Without Batman, there is no Joker. One of the most famous Batman stories is called The Killing Joke, written by Alan Moore and illustrated by Brian Bolland. It's just as much a story about the Joker as it is about Batman. As the story unfolds, you get flashbacks of what led the Joker to be what he is today. And he began as a stand-up comic, struggling to provide for his wife and unborn son, living in a ragged apartment, completely ashamed of his inability to support his family, and desperate to improve their situation by the time their son is born, a mere three months away. 
Because of this, he gets wrapped up with a gang who wanted to use him to break into a chemical plant where he used to work. He's convinced this will be his only crime, just enough to get him the money he needs to provide for his family. And what follows is truly heartbreaking. Just before he goes to do the job, he gets word that his wife and unborn son died in an electrical fire in their rundown apartment. He's completely broken, his life torn from him, but under threat from the gang, he still has to complete the job. An accident while attempting his crime at the chemical plant scars him forever, giving him his pure white complexion and pushes him even more toward his life of crime and state of madness. The story of the killing joke opposite the flashback is probably the darkest of crimes committed by the Joker. He deeply harms Batman, doing terrible things to the people closest to him. And the story ends with the two in an elaborate fight, all the while the Joker attempting to convince Batman that all of life is a joke. There is no reality. There is no point that insanity can strike anyone if given enough pressure. Batman finally knocks him down, then pleads with the Joker, saying, do you understand? I don't want to hurt you. I don't want either of us to end up killing the other, but we're both running out of alternatives, and we both know it. Maybe it all hinges on tonight. Maybe this is our last chance to sort this bloody mess out. If you don't take it, then we're locked onto a suicide course. It doesn't have to end like that. I don't know what it was that bent your life out of shape, but who knows? Maybe I've been there too. Maybe I can help. The Joker simply responds with, I'm sorry, but it's too late. No, it's far too late for that. The Joker got it wrong. It's never too late. Because in real life, the one who made us, who is goodness, and the creator of our purpose, came and made a way for us to be unbent. Evil is real. It can be terrifying and unpredictable and a far too present part of our lives, but evil is a perversion, not good. Goodness is most powerful because goodness is part of existence, part of reality itself. So while there are terrible things in our world, there is hope. There's always hope because even when the most powerful and psychotic villains come our way, the good guy always wins. Our comics tell us that story over and over again because that story is true.